0: riddlers, whatever it is, (laughs) and whatever time of day you're listening to this, hello. This is Trish (laughs) Lambert, your co-host for the Riddles in the Dark Digest, along with my giggling co-host, Laura Burkholz. Hello, Laura.
1: (laughs) Hello. How are you?
0: I'm good. I'm good. You know, we're talking today about uh, episode 2.09, and um, I don't know if you want to admit to this, Laura, but I will say that I'm not that into this (laughs) this particular riddle. (laughs) Um, The riddle is how will the political and economic relationship between Lake Town and the Elves the work would be portrayed this is a dave kale riddle this is one that he wrote down like in the early days you know i think even back before
1: the first year mm-hmm. rolls in the dark but
0: this is really dave's thing and it was you know and that's fine but i just it's not i don't know
1: i mean yeah well we'll we can see what other people have to say about it even if we don't have all that much to say ourselves i
0: give the answers that, that we came up that uh, you know the, the choices and then we'll let's just jump right into um Other people's responses.
1: Well, let's read the answers, the potential answers here.
0: Then we'll jump right into those. So, A, they have a trading agreement, wine or other commodities via barrels, etc., and are political allies. This is the book answer.
1: Mm Hmm. Yes. B
0: is they have a trading agreement but aren't allied at all. C, they are allied but have no trading agreements. Or D, they are not allied and have no trading agreement. This is one of those quadrant things, you know, with four, four options. Um. I don't remember what I said. I can't remember what I said. Um, hmm. I either said A or B. And unfortunately, as many of, of the listeners have been reminding me, the grid is woefully outdated. Ben, who is just yes. the most wonderful thing up on things, entered a monastery, honestly. And
1: we drove him so into the monastery. He let me know. <laughs> okay.
0: Well, so, you know, and not surprisingly, this is not something he can keep up on. So he did send me instructions, and somebody has kind of raised their hand and said, you know, if it's not too difficult, he'll take it on. I just have to get around to managing it. Um, so we will we will get the grid back in shape again. But um, Oh, and then the other thing I want to acknowledge is the riddles on Facebook. We're f- going to fix that, too, because the poll application, I don't like it. A lot of us don't like it. I mean, I've just got to figure out another way to do it. So stay tuned, and I'll let you know in a, pre- in a future – Digest about that. Okay, so anyway, so we got as far as B, or no, I read them all, right? <laughs> I read them all. I just remember what I said. Um. Uh, now, are
1: you? Gonna, yes, you I think you read them all. I have not answered, but I'm going to answer B. They have a trading agreement, but aren't allied at all. And when I say trading agreement, I don't think they sat down and wrote out some sort of agreement. I think it's you know, if it's good, if it's good for one, it's good for the other. Uh, I don't. I don't really see them being allied, and I don't think Tolkien was really sitting down thinking about the socioeconomic implications (laughs) of the trading agreement between Lake Town and the Elves. You know, it was just a convenient way to get the barrels down the river. (laughs) Yeah,
0: it didn't strike, but a lot of thought in you know a lot of. Thought like in terms of crafting into
1: it yeah. just is a
0: commercial commercially advent situation for the two of them because they're geographically you know situated well exactly. and there are things one can offer the, the other and vice versa yeah you
1: know what yeah. I
0: mean? it's like it was, that's how uh, I always
1: he was it. I think Tolkien was very laissez faire as far as the market goes you know trading was was good and you know there was no problem with trading but as long as it was mutually beneficial. I don't think there was any kind of agreement. There was no, like, NAFTA in Markwood, you know.
0: <laughs> right, right. Now, I, I will admit, I mean, Dave's question, I think, is probably more to do with how will Jackson portray it, which kind of brings us yeah, into yeah,
1: this thing yeah. earlier
0: today, which is, you know, we have to kind of look at the movie separately from the book. Well, I don't um, think
1: I don't think they're going to be allied in the movie. In, in the book, they were they were somewhat allied, but in the movies, I don't think they're going to be Um I don't think they're going to be to the extent of political allies. So, of course, we do know from the trailer that uh, that Legolas is in Lake Town fighting orcs at some point. So, uh, you know, right. right. am not sure like, if he's an, doing I, that on his but it seems like he's kind of doing that on his own. It doesn't seem like the whole elven army is there.
0: No, no. At the most, it might be him and his girlfriend. Me, Yeah. <laughs> or his his forbidden love. Uh, apparently, according to the trailer.
1: Oh, for oh, his forbidden love. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no. uh, we were talking no. about the, the look on Tariel's face of disgust when Thranduil says, <laughs> "You know, don't encourage him." And it was, it was. I think it was a look of, "Oh, they really put me in this movie just to be the love interest. I can't believe it." But look how well I shoot the bow. Come on. I'm a, I'm a
0: I'm, you know, warrior elf. I should not be having conversations about love.
1: That's right. <laughs> Is that why you put me in this movie? Not fair. So okay. <laughs> anyway, so the answers okay. are I, the answer's or right. Mark. OK, did you want to read Mark Fisher? Well, I just
0: wanted to let you know, because you said B, you and Corey are in agreement. Dave and I both went with a book answer. So that's ah, I just
1: looked
0: OK. It. Oh, let me. Yeah, I'll, I'll read Mark's and then you read the rest. OK, how's that sound? Oh. Uh, Okay, so Mark Fisher, how will the political and economic relationship between Lake Town and the Elves of Mirkwood be portrayed? I'm with Dave on this one. I can't really imagine a realistic version of events that isn't an A, meaning the book answer. I think there almost certainly has to be some kind of trading agreement in place between the Elves and the Lake Men, if only to explain the barrels. I suppose it's possible to come up with scenarios where the barrels have nothing to do with Lake Town, but they'd be rather convoluted. It seems obvious for the movies to go along with the plot line of the book for this part of the story. As for the idea of an alliance, I confess I'm a bit murky about how about exactly what counts here. If we were just talking about a formal political alliance, that would be quite tricky. But if I follow a podcast, we're really just about everything better than never heard of each other, which makes the decision easier. <laughs> I actually doubt that there's some kind of formal treaty in place between them, but it's hard to see how they could function as trading partners without at least some kind of broader understanding. I'm actually wondering if we'll ever find out the answer to this question in any of the films. It doesn't really seem likely that the characters will stop to discuss any of this in detail. My guess is that if Thranduil and the Master actually meet, they'll at least recognize each other, so I think that's good enough for an A. Okay. Yeah, I – if I recall, I mean, the way I kind of characterized it was, you know, they're, they're each other's emergency contacts, you know, when they fill out a form, like in the case of emergency, who do we call? You know, call, Elven King says call Lake Town, Lake Town says call Elven King. I mean, it's like if one, if one sounded the horn, the other one would come. Is kind of how I was thinking about it. Um, and actually, now that I say that out loud, maybe, you know, if, if that's my definition of A, that m- I agree with Mark, it's going to be hard to really show that, I think. We may never know.
1: Yeah, that's true. Anyway, what,
0: is, what do other folks have to say?
1: Oh, let's see. From the Mythcard page, uh Murray says, well, Lord of the Rings refers to King Brand and the Hobbit. When Bard emerges from the water to general acclaim, the master of Lake Town says Bard's ancestor was Lord of Dale, not of Lake Town. He does not call the ancestor king. A lord can be a noble of almost any rank, but I would think if there had been a king, the master would have used the term. Now, he must be answering something different.
0: Yeah, he must be. He must be. Yeah. He must have been. He must have referred to a specific. Um, yeah, maybe he was referring to, yeah, podcast. something in the
1: um, in the podcast. So because I,
0: I do recall, I think there were some of the listeners were saying, you know, there wasn't King. It was Lord. Yeah. Uh, a I, Lord I of Dale, was, like, not
1: through. the king. Yeah. OK. okay. Uh, And Michael Lucero says, I meant to post this a long time ago. Sorry for the people who are having trouble picturing what some of the non-book options of the riddle would look like. For B, I was thinking something like Norway in the mid to late Middle Ages with the Hanseatic League. You know, that's that's, exactly what what I was thinking, too. I had (laughs) that on the tip of my tongue. The Hanseatic League, you know. The Hanseatic League had a trade agreement in Norway which gave them certain economic privileges that were either exclusive or greater than those of other countries, but Norway was not allied with the League at all, so they had no military obligations to each other. I could see something like this in the film where Thranduil says, we trade with them, we don't fight for them, and Legolas and Tariel try to persuade him otherwise. I don't like this myself, but given what Jackson did with Aragorn not wanting to be king and Théoden at first not wanting to honor his alliance with Gondor, I can see this change happening. It would also make the Elven king's decision to, to ally with Laketown after Smaug's death even more suspicious and questionable and add to the drama, for example. What is Thranduil up to now? For C, I can see them doing something like having an alliance that Thranduil must honor, but since they have no trading agreement, and this would not seem strange in film world, since given all the waterfalls, there's no way to get the barrels back to Merkwood, they've had virtually no contact with each other and have almost forgotten about one another. In this scenario, the master would be very suspicious of the Elven King and have almost no knowledge of him and might use some of his minions like Alfred and some of the other Lake Town minor characters that have been cast to try to double cross the elves, which could lead to his public shame and eventual rise of Bard. You know, and I want to say, I think the other, the I say B for my main answer, but I think D mm-hmm. is the other one. That they just Brilliant, have nothing yeah. to do with each other. With
0: each other, right? Yeah, right. That's you know, I could see that that the you know the barrels. He releases the barrels have nothing to do with with any kind of trade with Lake Town. It just so happens. I mean, he just uses them in a, as an escape vehicle.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. Yeah.
0: You know, like he said, especially since you can't get him back up the river <laughs> with all those waterfalls. So, yeah, that's true. I, I would think if if no if no mention is made at all, you know, of any kind of Commerce and any kind of alliance, this would be the D would end up being the answer. It'd be up to our up to our um, esteemed judges, but I could see that mm-hmm. I could see that being a valid answer.
1: Okay, and then from Facebook, um, now we do have uh, we do have an answer from Yana, but I have been requested not to mention the D O L L again. <laughs> you have so yes, I'm not sure if I should mention it or if I should read this or not. Because, you know, it is Yana. So anyway, but, you know, since it's Yana and since he stays up till the middle of the night for these things, I'm going to read it. So it says, yay, the one episode I missed is out. Thanks, Trish. I missed one episode and I would have wanted to say so many things in this one and not all doll related. (laughs) I have to admit that I was cheering out loud when the professor mentioned the burning doll. In a way, I was there in spirit. The professor mentioned it as a fact that this movie takes place 60 years after the destruction of Dale, and I don't think that's necessarily true. I remember when we made the assumption, however, it has never been stated on screen, and I for one still hold out hope for a long time having passed in between, and Thorin just aging very well. Now another excellent episode, and I'm not done listening yet, so I'll get right back to it. (laughs) (laughs) Now, where does the sixty years come from? Don't they don't they mention sixty years in the movie at some point? Yeah, at some point. No, I can't. Um, I can't remember exactly exactly where they say that. I don't remember. I'll have to go back and watch the movie again. I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, yeah.
0: I mean, I, we didn't pick it out of the air. I mean, it, it definitely there's a there's a root for that. I, we'll have to we'll have oh, to get it.
1: Back actually, back and see what actually, the next couple of comments talk about that. Oh. So. Okay. Oh. Okay. So, Rog McCutcheon, Ari, the 60 years issue, I think it is mentioned during the Unexpected Party that Smaug hasn't been seen for 60 years. My Uh, take on that comment was that it had been more than 60 years since the attack, but how much more I can't recall being mentioned. And then Stephen Schoenwolf says, according to the timeline of the Third Age, of course, he's talking about the book timeline, not the movie timeline.
0: Uncompressed by Jackson.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's definitely compressed yes, it by It had been hundred and seventy years since the attack on the Lonely Mountain before the quest begins and the death of Smaug. Besides which, and I don't think they mentioned this in the movie, Gandalf did make the comment in the book that had re, he had received the map and the key a hundred years ago last Thursday or something close from Thrain. Oh, I'm sorry. Thryan. So the attack <laughs> on the mountain would have to have been longer than that. So that's the that's the book, which, yeah. as we know, right. is not the movie. So and I, actually, it wasn't. A hundred,
0: what, it, what was 100 years ago last Thursday was when Thryan left the Lonely Mountain to go to Moria. Um, but uh, what Stephen's remembering is right. I think it was 90 years. Because we made a big deal about that, in one of the—I think it was in the story—the of the Hobbit class, the, the Gandalf's been walking around with this key and map in his pocket for ninety years. <laughs> does it never occur to him? You know, I mean, we just laugh about it because it's like that's just so funny. But it,
1: so does that mean he anyway, hasn't washed it the in point 10 being, years either? He just left I it in guess. his pocket. <laughs>
0: Or, you know, yeah. Or has he, what about his robe? I mean, has he washed his robe? To, yeah, you know, it's just funny. And, you know, especially when you think of the quest of Erebor, well, I guess one could argue that once they met at Bree, then Gandalf realized, you know, he should give the key and map to, to Thorin, but he waits until the unexpected party. But still, it's just kind of, you know, we we just kind of laughed about that. But anyway, but Stephen's right. I mean, it's like 90 years, I think, is how long mm-hmm. it's been since Gandalf got the Kian map from Thryan. By the way, I wanted to compliment you on Smaug, and then you went and thrained us, but that's okay. You caught yourself. Good girl.
1: I'm impressed. Oh, no, I just have a hard time with that. So, oh, listen, okay.
0: I, I, I mispronounce so much stuff. It's ridiculous.
1: Yeah, I know. I know. Well, we all do. Okay, Ian Pollitt, it seems Geryon were featured in the films. The Empire article on the extended edition states that we'll get him shooting black arrows at Smaug in the extended prologue. So it sounds like we're going to have Bard in some way portrayed as the king in exile. So that's interesting. I didn't read that Empire article. Um, and in the in the trailer, they showed what we what I kind of assumed was Geryon fighting that ballista right, right. at Smaug. Had to and pass. I was
0: wondering actually. I think it was the first time, the first round that we did on the trailer that Corey and I did. I said, I wonder if that's a black arrow that Geryon's shooting. Of so, yeah, I remember the, the Empire article talking about Gary and his black arrows and we were kind of like, oh, my God, don't tell me Bard's going to end up inheriting like a whole
1: quiver full of black arrows. <laughs> well, no. and then it says in the extended prologue, so is that only going to be in the extended edition? will will be in this the- in- yet. Yeah, it was. We were, t- told,
0: we were told in the Empire, you know, well, it, we were told in the Empire magazine that we're going to see Gary in the extended edition of the first movie, which is coming out next month. Oh,
1: OK. Okay. So
0: we will have seen, anybody that's seen the extended edition will have seen Garion prior to the movie too. So, yeah. Yeah. But I agree, I think you and I have talked about that, that haven't we, that Bard kind of could be more of an Eric Cornish kind of character, the king in exile kind of thing.
1: They do you know, seem like they're, story. they seem like yeah. they're sort of playing him up to be that way. At least in, in the trailer it seemed to me, that he's, you know, this, this, he's the only one who'll, Stand up and, and say what's on his mind. Right. Um, you know, he's the only one who stands up to Thorin. Um, and, and, uh, kind of looks like the only one who stands up to the master of Lake Town too. So they're, um, you know, and they, they've got him portrayed. Well, he's barred the bowman. So of course he's got a bow all the time, but it seems to me they're, (laughs) they're kind of making comparisons to Aragorn.
0: Seems like it. And it, yeah. we could see that same thing where he starts it. Because I remember Jackson in one of his video logs said that they wanted to make Bard sort of a mysterious character, which I remember thinking at the time anybody who's read the book, how do you make Bard a mysterious character for anybody who's read the book? But anyway, he's like, well, you can, know, he, he said something how how can about he how.
1: He's more mysterious than in the book where he books, you know, right. shows up a, the paragraph before killing Smaug. Right. <laughs> right. Right, exactly. And then turns out to be the um, old, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the, the King of, king of Lost, yeah, king Dale. Dale the old the the uh the heir of the king, yeah, so but Jackson said something about how
0: he wants us to not be sure if he's good or bad or what you know what's his agenda, mm-hmm. that kind of thing, so mm-hmm. to me that sounds more stridery, kind of you know that he's going to be i think you know and we may see him sort of like then rise in status and stature in his in his affect, yeah. um, as we go through much like aircorn did
1: well, know. I hope they don't make him so that was the one thing about about the first so wishy. trilogy yeah so wish, wishy-washy I did not like yes. the character of Aragorn in the movies I just I know. it's like darn it you're a king and just stand up and be a king come on you know I don't
0: like it but I understand it and I think I understand it based on my, my the research I did with the Disney you know comparison to Disney to Tolkien back with Snow White and the Hobbit mm-hmm. is you know so much there's so many tropes and so many demographics so much pressure on a filmmaker, um, you know, to to appeal to the audience that the temptation, you know, to, to, to sort of, oh, well, they'll never, you know, the audience won't be able to relate to, you know, Aragorn the Magnificent. We need to make him Aragorn the Human. I understand why they would have done it. I don't like it. And I don't agree. I think the audience would have actually gotten it just fine. But
1: yeah, and I don't think in the book, he you know, was, I, I mean, was in the book, he was movies. not Aragorn the Magnificent when we first meet him. You know, right. But he was definitely right. a lot more sure of himself. Oh yeah, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And was, so he had absolutely no no qualms about being king whatsoever. He didn't need an elf lady to tell him what he was supposed to be doing. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know.
0: Oh yeah, I mean, I just think Jackson or you know, Walsh whatever, I mean I think they're responding to some sort of perception of, you know, what audience is like and I don't know. Yeah, maybe they do Maybe they do focus groups. I don't know. But I personally think that oftentimes Hollywood, the film industry in general, I think they they underestimate their audiences, frankly. They sure do. And then then poor Faramir.
1: Faramir. Poor Faramir.
0: It's even worse. I mean, they gutted the poor man.
1: I know. I know. Well, let's hope they don't do that to Bard. So, all right. So, okay. So, so Laura, Laura Smith, Laura Lee Smith. Uh, not so sure. And she's a Mythgard student, by the way. Not so sure. I would agree. There's a trading agreement in the book. Trade agreements feel like an anachronism in Middle Earth. Yeah, I would say. Well, I don't I know. I is, mean, but there's a little bit of a political yeah, um, shape to a, Lake Town. You know, there's there the master of Lake Town.
0: And there's a statement in The Hobbit about how the two places trade back and forth.
1: Yes. Um, yeah.
0: And I think that's what we're keying off of when we say a trade agreement as a book answer is there is it may it's not we're not talking about a written agreement but there's like a tacit arrangement back and forth between i mean there's a whole system in the book you
1: mm-hmm. know because
0: the the barrels come out out of the, um the elven king and then there's other there's there's other uh, elves elves like you know they wrap them up together and then they wrap them down the river and then they meet up with the lake men and I mean there's a whole system in place so this Mm -hmm. is something that's been going on this is not haphazard it's a process you know that's I think what we mean not that there's like a you know written you know sealed thing
1: yeah and then Catherine says says I feel like the trade agreement will be a non-issue the barrel escape looks unplanned and haphazard rather than them hijacking the barrels taking a normal trade route as in the book as such, I predict that we will see no evidence of trade, and thus the default answer will be C. Yeah, I mean, if they're returning those barrels to Lake Town like that, they're going to be returning them in, you know, <laughs> splinters by the time they get down there. So, I know. I mean, you know, I mean, about that. It's like maybe if they have a trade a agreement, agreement for picks, but that's about Yes, yeah, exactly. Or they have
0: to port, portage the barrels back up on land or tools or something. I mean, it's just like, you know, it's crazy. So, I mean, I... Even though I answered A, I think, you know, I, I always seem to get swayed when we, you know, we end up talking the three of us, Dave and Corey and I, but um I mean, the more I think of it and the more I've seen since this episode, the more, especially with the barrels, the scenes we've seen with the barrels and stuff, the more I'm thinking it is. I agree with Kat, I think it's just like a haphazard, you know, they have these barrels, they don't, don't say where they've come from, you know, there's mm-hmm. no explanation to it. Us, they're but the the fact that Bilbo or whoever decides that they're going to take him to escape is just because they happen to be handy at the and moment they
1: happen to have the one because yeah like, you know it, the yeah. more I think about it, they cannot possibly be trading those barrels I mean you know you 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 can't trade down a a rapid like that, so I know so it has to be either c or d I think.
0: Surely, yeah, surely Jackson understands that. I mean, if he's going to make, you know, Whitewater Rapids, stay tuned for the Universal Studios version of the ride. Um, <laughs>
1: I'm looking forward to that.
0: Then he's got to dump any kind of trade, you know.
1: Yeah, unless they're trading other things, which could be possible, too, you know, unless they do trade other things. Maybe
0: they still barrels up and bring them back.
1: Yeah, or, you know, maybe they bring the barrels in by horse or something.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's – I was thinking, you know, like, by Pony or something like that, you know. Yeah. But But I don't even see – I mean, I don't even see them making that – explaining that to us. Maybe in the extended edition for movie two. But, I mean, there's no reason. I mean, it doesn't have anything, like, to do really with the main part, part of the story. And Lord knows they've got enough to cover. Oh, yeah. <laughs> as, as <it> is. <laughs> so, okay. Well, yeah. So – it's interesting because, like I said, you know, I, I answered A, and I'll stick by what I answered, although I think if, if I was asked the same question today, I would probably go with one of the other two now. C or D. Um, yeah, I
1: said B, and I'm going to stick with it, but, yeah, um, I think
0: yeah. C or D end up actually being the
1: case. Yeah.
0: Especially given, you know, I mean, it's going to be up to the judges, but like somebody said, you know, if they, why would they even mention it? Why would they even bring it up? And if that's the case, I would say that's a D, right, mm-hmm. Where they don't you know, don't have a trade agreement and they don't have an alliance. Um Yeah. Yeah. So, you
1: know. So. OK, so to move on to, to the conundrum, frankly, but. I, yeah, I, I think so.
0: Oh, right. Right. One. So, that they want to know. Yeah, is a good one. I, I just want to warn you, I have a I have a puppy barking in the background. He's had his dinner and wants to go play.
1: Oh, that's OK. I'll,
0: I'll tell you what. I'm going to put myself on. <laughs>
1: OK, I will read the conundrum. Uh, when we first meet Bard, does he know he's Geryon's heir? So that's the question. Are, is he going to know it, uh, or is he going to be made aware of it um, either in this movie or the or the next movie that he is the the heir of uh, Um And I think I think he is going to know, but I think he's going to be so have moved so far down in status um, that it, you know, it doesn't really matter that he he doesn't have any kind of political power. But he's he does know that he's uh Geryon's, Air um, in exile in, uh, in Lake Town. So, what do you think, Trish?
0: Yeah. I think that he's going to know, and I think, and I, I what, and I agree with you. I think he's going to think that it doesn't matter that he's heir to Dale because he thinks it's a lost cause. Mm-hmm. I mean, given his reaction in the trailer to Thorin and what he says and how he says, don't bother, and, you know, there is no king under the mountain and whatnot, I think he probably knows that he's his heir, but it's like a hollow, you know, so big. Exactly. To- so what's the big deal? Oh, you agree.
1: And that's why I think when we see that shot of the boat, yeah. So I'm going the ruins. You. I think- that I think that's I think that's Bard going through the ruins of Dale. I still think that. I don't think it's Lake Town, even though Corey I- said it. What he he thought it was Lake Town, but for one thing, it's stone, and we know Lake Town is wood. And then there well, was just I- there was only one person in the boat, and. Right. You know, to me, it looked it looked like somebody going through some ruins. So I don't know; I could be wrong, but to me, that kind of looked like Bard going through the ruins of Dale. You know, thinking, you know, this is this is what I inherited this desolate wasteland. So maybe
0: yeah, right. It could be a completely separate scene from the dwarves. It's something. Yes. It's some- Bard's backstory,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: I. I agree. I mean, I, I was thinking it was like ten because we've never been given any any indication through any of the visuals we've seen from Jackson that in Jackson's Middle Earth, you know, Dale had any kind of water um, access, you know, access, even though the river was nearby. The river's
1: right. Um, it, so it shows the river right there. It does show it kind of up on a hill, which is odd because it's called Dale. So you would think it'd be down on the Dale. But um, it does. You there mean, is a river that goes right by it.
0: When the dwarves are standing on the hill, you can see the river. Yeah.
1: Yeah, as as Thorne looks down on it, there's a river okay. that goes right by it.
0: Um, So, you, you know, I think you're right. I think I would think if that is a Dale, I agree with you. I think it'll be a separate scene where we see maybe Bard, you know, we get a little bit more insight into Bard because he's taken his boat through the ruins. And, you know, he's having some kind of like the look on his face or whatever is like, what a waste, you know, I'm Lord of Nothing kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um so it may not have anything to do with the boat with the, in fact, wait, that might even be before he finds the dwarves. Maybe, I don't know. I mean, it's kind of it's kind of the, yeah. The opposite direction, I guess, where he encounters the dwarves,
1: but mm-hmm. <laughs> True.
0: Yeah, I don't know.
1: Well, maybe anyway. Jackson will move it all around. Maybe oh, Dale will be down by the L's. Do you think? No, he can't. Cause it's gotta be right by the Lonely Mountain. Be right. Yeah, so. Alright. Well, I think that pretty much well, I guess sums just, everything up. Sure. All right. On this fascinating well, riddle about uh, the political yeah. and economic relationship. Riddle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> See, now, now they're going to take this podcast seriously because we're dealing with serious issues here. Right, that's right. right? That's right.
0: So, oh, <laughs> I want to get back to the fun stuff like the French, French festival and all that good stuff. So, we'll, we'll get, to those, <laughs> get to those soon.
1: So we'll get we'll all right. to those next time.
0: Gucci's Mucci, being a ham. He wants to be on the podcast. <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, it's great. It's been fun. And Laura, why don't you take us
1: out? All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. And Godspeed.